Welcome to the audio ministry of Love Foundation Christian Center, a place to find God's love. Pastors Osage and Bridget Airboard teach the word with simplicity and truth. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message inspires and encourages you. Enjoy the message. All right, this morning we are going to take the offering. Amen. And we're going to look a little bit at some stuff. That's you're going to rejoice. Oh, you're waiting, you're, you're waiting for me to say stand up and shout. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're going to continue with um, looking at the people that God made rich. And today is number four. Are we enjoying this? Hallelujah. And God, uh, we've seen that um, in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, that we have been made rich. So when we are thinking about the people that God, God made rich, we're not thinking about other people. Exempting ourselves, right? When we see the people that God made rich, we immediately think, me. Glory to God. <laughs> so that's what the Bible says, that the grace of God made us rich. Okay, it's up there. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And we're going to look at some of those things when we say that Jesus became poor on earth. Hallelujah. Do you know what it means to leave all the glory and all the everything and then come down and take human form? And that is poverty. That is serious poverty. <laughs> okay, let's look at Proverbs 10, 22. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and has no sorrow to it. How many of us believe we are blessed? Amen. If you believe that you are blessed, then guess what? Riches belongs to you. Amen. You can be sure of riches coming to you. You just need to receive it. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and he added no sorrow with it. And so the kind of blessing and riches that God has said belongs to us does not come with any kind of baggage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when the Fresh and were singing, they were singing this part where they said, um, the veil tore before him. He silenced the power of sin and death. He silenced it Amen. in your life, in my life. He silenced it. So anything that pertains to death, poverty, hallelujah, bad attitude has been silenced. Fear, whatever it is, you name it. The Bible says that by the blood of Jesus, by the fact that he died and he rose again, he silenced in your life. So if he tries to rise up and talk to you or even talk about you, you tell it. You've been silenced. Amen. And I silence you in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you know you have got to appropriate these things in your life. Because sometimes people think, oh, because God did it, he just did it, so it's automatic. No, it's not. You have to receive it. Because God doesn't force anything on us. Amen? Amen. You know, I was thinking about this joke as I was, you know, when you're thinking about Mary and Joseph many times. Oh, they tell you that the sub is Mary and Joseph. The people God made rich. Today we're talking about Mary and Joseph. Are you surprised? Hallelujah. All right. So I was thinking about, you know, Mary and Joseph, and I thought about the life of Jesus and his, you know, burial. And I thought about this. I remember this joke I had. Joseph of Arimathea. Somebody said that there were these two Jewish men, and the Jewish man was asking, Joseph of Arimathea was one. Joseph of Arimathea, right? He was one of them. And so the other one said, Oi. Did you give up your burial ground for, for, <laughs> did I hear that you gave up your burial ground for Jesus? And then I would say, oh, it's just for a few days. 
Hallelujah. I'm like, I thought that was really good. Just for a few days. Because he's not in the grave anymore. He rose up. Glory to God. So Joseph could use that grave again. You know, I never really thought about it until I heard that joke. But there are some things that you just never think about like that. Amen. All right. So God wants us rich. And that's the reason why we're talking about these things. He wants some wealthy and influential people. If we look at 2 Kings um, um, verse 4, when we're looking at the widow woman, one of the, um, sorry, not the widow woman, the woman that, that made a place for uh, Elijah. Is it Elijah or Elisha? Yes, one of the prophets. Praise the Lord. She made a room for him. Nobody needed to ask her. She just had the resources. But the Amplified says, the King James Version says there was a great woman. So the Amplified breaks it down and says a rich and influential woman. And because she was rich and influential, she was able to build a place for the man of God so that the work of God might be carried out effortlessly. Hallelujah. Did God not say that he blesses us in Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18? What? 18 and 19. Deuteronomy 8 that he blesses us. He gives us the power to get well that we might establish his covenant. So these are some of the things that we need to keep at the forefront of our minds when we are thinking about wealth. God wants us to enjoy wealth, but at the same time, we have God's mindset. It's all about kingdom. It's all about kingdom. And when you're all about kingdom, you see that woman. She was so much about kingdom. Nobody, they didn't need to push her. They didn't need to ask her. They didn't need to say, yeah, yeah, thus said the Lord, make a room for the man of God. She just did it. She was perceptive. Hallelujah. God loving, kingdom loving. And she went ahead and she did it. And I, and she, that, so that means that she was willing and she was able. And I know that there are a lot of willing folks in here. We are all willing. But God wants us not just to be willing, but able. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we need to establish that. And we've been doing that very strongly that God wants us to be rich. He needs us rich. And we should be rich because we are the children of a king. The children of the one who owns the universe. And there is riches in the universe. So why we will not have access to it? Hallelujah. All right. So let's look at uh, Mary and Joseph. Look at Luke. Put up Luke chapter 2 from verse 22 to 24. Mary and Joseph were poor. They were poor. They came from a poor place, Nazareth. Hallelujah. Insignificant Nazareth. Politically, culturally, financially, they were behind at <laughs> the times. Hallelujah. Did Nathaniel say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? They were constantly having things like uprisings and riots and so it was a political mess. Financially, you can't, you can't go there for stuff. But anyway, let's go look forward. Now, why did I say that Mary and Joseph were poor? The Bible says, and when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem and pre to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, in the law of the Lord, every male that opened the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Praise the Lord. 
So she came to the to towards to the temple, and what was her offering? That was the offering of the poor. You remember when we're talking about uh, first fruits? So if you are rich, you bring a cow, a fatted calf, lambs and things like that. But the poor gave the turtle dove. They they were able to give the the birds. Hallelujah. And that's how we know that God expects that when we have a fat account, we need to be giving fat offerings. So if we are looking all shiny and well-dressed, our offerings should be shiny and well-dressed. Fat, looking good. And as we are growing in all these things, our offerings and our giving to God should grow. And when it grows, we grow. It's just a law that works, and we got to believe these things. So Mary and Joseph, they were poor. They brought the, the, the list of the offerings unto God. But guess what? In one day, with one offering, God made them millionaires. You cannot have Jesus in your life and be poor, spiritually and otherwise financially and all of that. We're going to look at some more of this. All right, let's see. Which other scripture should we look at? Put up Matthew chapter 2. God made them rich through wealth transfer. Hallelujah. (laughs) All right, Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Now, why would you think, why do you think that Herod, maybe I should tell you this story ahead of time so that when we are reading it, you begin to see the significance of these things. Why would Herod and all Jerusalem be troubled when wise men come in? You You know, some people say three wise men came. It was not three. three. As at the research that was done, about 300 kings. So I heard, I was, I was shocked actually when I saw it. I'm like, I need to look at this thing more. So when 300 people come into a country like that, and they came, okay, let me, there's a, there's a, there's a guy called, uh, a Christian, there was a Christian called um, Peter Daniels, J. Daniels, I believe that he, I, I know he's Daniels because pastor's name is Daniel, so. He was wealthy, he was, he was rich, a millionaire. He, he did a research. He commissioned some historians to go research the gifts and the wise men. And when they did that, one of the things, this is one of the things that they found out that they were 300 men, that they had treasure chests. They didn't just open their purse. They came with treasure chests, and they were accompanied by an army to protect their treasures. You know, in those days, you can't just go with stuff and then go... Just go on the road. You, you'll be robbed. So you can imagine 300 people, men, rich men, kings coming in with an army. Now, Herod will be troubled. That's why they would even have access to Herod. Not everybody can just come and go talk to Herod, asking Herod about the, the child and things like that. Why would all Jerusalem as well be troubled? Because they've been having all kinds of things going on now. They see an army, they're wondering, is this another fire riot? And things like that. So those are some of the things that happened. Amen? Amen. And the Bible says that when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them the way Christ should be, go, be, should be born. So in other words, because of this, he had to go re- do his own research to go find out who is this person they are talking about and where is he supposed to be born. Now he's getting nervous. All right. And we're, all right, let's go to verse 5. 
And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. So, you know why? I was looking at it again. I said, why? He came and I was asking them, so, so when did you see this star? Because when he saw the star, that was an indication that that was the night he was born. Now he's trying to calculate how old the child would be by now. And it's amazing to me that as he, he began to slay two-year-old and under. So he took the wise men at least two years to find Jesus. To make the preparation that they need to gather their wealth, gather the people, gather the army, prepare everything. It took them at least two years to get to their destination. And he sent them to Bethlehem and go and search diligently for the young child. And when they have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Hallelujah. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. God has the ability to cause wealth to locate you. Hallelujah. (laughs) And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, hallelujah, when they had opened their treasure chest, that's what it was. It wasn't just, you know, a wallet. They presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and mine. And some women said that this frankincense and mine is even more valuable than the gold. Because it was really precious, rare, hard to find, fix, and all of those kinds of things. So they had all of these expensive gifts. And we have talked about it before, the significance of that. Gold for the king, frankincense, uh, frankincense for what? Worship, and mire for the burial, right? All right. So, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed unto their own country another way. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And Bible says that and when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. I think we can read till 15. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. And so God gave them fleeing money. God will not send you on a journey empty-handed. He gave them money to flee, and he gave them money to live in Egypt until Herod died. And the estimation of of the amount that was given to them in today's Money value is $4 million. $4 million. They became millionaires overnight. You can imagine what $4 million can do in that time. From poor to rich, now they can give fatted cows for offerings and all of those kinds of things. Praise the Lord. So God made them rich in one day. In one day. And because they were rich, they educated Jesus. Jesus was not an illiterate. He was in the temple talking with the teachers. He could read. 
Hallelujah. The Bible, remember when he opened the book and he began to read. Not everybody had access to the kind of education that Jesus had. So he had access to education because his parents had money. And I know that sometimes you say, oh, he was anointed now. He's the anointed that taught him how to read. Then we will be removing his humanity because Jesus was both God and he was man. And so he used all of the resources, just like God expects us to live here as human beings, using all of the resources that he has given unto us, whether it's by the spirit or by our intellect. And so because of this, he had access into these areas. You know that money gives you access. Money gives you access. Because there's no way he would come and be talking with the teachers of the Lord, the Pharisees, and who will give you audience. They give audience very easily to people who have influence, who have money. So they raised him up wearing seamless clothes. Amen. You all remember that the soldiers were, 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 were fighting over his garments. They didn't want to tear it because if you try to tear it, you rip, rip it up. His coat was seamless. Those are the kind of things that rich people wore. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so we know that when we are looking at, we're looking at Jesus had a purse. He had a purse. Maybe he started up that post, but guess what? Other rich and influential people began to hang out with him. He hung out with tax collectors. Rich people hardly hang out with poor people. They hardly give them access, even with all your anointing. Hallelujah. And I know that the favor and the grace of God makes a way where there needs to be made. But there were some other things that they were looking at. And the people complained that he hangs around with tax collectors and blah, 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 blah. Hallelujah. He was able to take care of his disciples. These people left their families and their wives. And they were rich people too. They were rich people too. So rich influential women also joined him. They were adding to the post. Praise the Lord. The disciples were rich as well. So they had what they needed to do, what they needed to do. They didn't beg nobody. And in situations where it looked like, okay, what we have right now, you know, I don't know, let me, I can't, I'm not going to say it's not enough, but Jesus also had to demonstrate that you don't just depend on natural things. And so when it was time to pay their taxes, he said, go catch a fish. So you can either pay your taxes by having money in the bank, or you can pay your taxes in a supernatural manner by catching the fish. Hallelujah. He did that. They wanted to go buy some bread. He said, ah, how are we going to buy bread for all of these people? He multiplied the loaves to feed the 4,000. But God made, but we're not talking just about Jesus now, but I'm just giving you, you know, this area. I'm talking about Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph. You know, when your parents are rich, automatically it flows to you. There are definitely certain signs, certain things that would be reflected in your life. Because of your parents. And that's the same thing with God. God is our father. And so his riches ought to reflect in us. And it does. Hallelujah. So I thank God. I thank God that when you have Jesus, you have everything. And look at Mary and Joseph. They went from giving turtle doves to I'm showing big seeds. You know, I always used to wonder why they went to the wedding and they're telling Mary that there's no wine. Let's go tell that rich mama over there to do something about it. But they didn't have time to go buy wine at, go buy wine at that time. So now they needed the supernatural. He said, Jesus, they don't have wine. He said, what has that got to do with me? But that was the first miracle. 
that took place. Hallelujah. God can make you rich in manifestation. Hallelujah. He has the ability, the influence, everything that you need. So don't, don't, let, don't look at your circumstance, don't look at your situation. Just submit yourself to the will of God. Do you think that if Mary and Joseph had not submitted themselves to the will of God that they would have experienced this millionaire status? Their status was changed in one day because they submitted. Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. Joseph took Mary, even though he didn't know how she got pregnant. But he went because the angel said to him, This is of God. And he submitted himself to it. Without knowing, he wasn't looking at the wealth, he wasn't looking at the riches. And that's the reason why as we develop in wealth, as we grow in riches, we need to know that we're not going after God because of money. Our heart should first of all be for him. And as we go, hallelujah, he has great things in store for us. Let's rise up on our feet this morning. God is in the business of making people rich, taking, taking them to the top and doing whatever they need in their lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So as we bring our seed, our, our, our tithes, our offerings, our first fruits, our seed faith, our honorariums, let's just begin to thank God for it. He's the one who gives seed to the sower, bread to the eater. He's the one who supplies our needs. And ask God for what to give. It's, it matters. It's significant. And make sure you are giving in faith. Give in faith. Don't just give God anything. Give God your best. We've, we've talked about that over and over again. Give God, your, give God your best and give God with all your heart, with all your desire, and with cheerfulness. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. Hallelujah. Just begin to thank God for your seed. As you thank God for your seed, begin to speak. Speak over your life. The Bible says that we have been made speaking spirits, that whatsoever we have whatsoever we say. Begin to call yourself who God says you are in the area of finances. Begin to call yourself at what you see concerning what God has said in his word about your wealth, about your business, about your job, about whatever it is that right now, begin to speak the word of God to you. Maybe the enemy has been lying to you that you're not going to make it. Lying to you that you don't have enough. Lying to you how are you going to handle this project. Lying to you. Yes, they are all lies. Begin to speak the word of God to that situation and expect it to change. As you sow your seed, remember that he's the one that, give, that causes it to come back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We recognize your presence in this place. We recognize your ability in our lives to help us to, to be in that place that we should be financially as individuals and as the body of Christ and as this local church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We trust that you are blessed by the message. To listen and hear more, catch us at 1130 on Sunday mornings on YouTube or Facebook at Love Foundation Christian Center. If you have any additional questions or just want to learn more about the church, feel free to contact us at lovefoundcc at gmail.com or visit our website at lovefoundationusa.org. Thanks for listening.